peace to you in Jesus' name. We celebrate on this fourth Sunday after Pentecost God's consistent and persistent love of life. Our Creator God is absolutely persistent in wanting to nurture life to its fullness. We might experience God's love like a mother's caring hug. At other times, God sends us out with the confidence that we can share his love in gracious ways. God is consistent and persistent in his love of life, and so we worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. From Psalm 145, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. On your wondrous works I will meditate, and I'll declare your greatness. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let us thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We turn to God in our confession. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us your grace. Let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Upon this, your confession, I announce the grace of God to you, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Amen. We pray, blessed Lord, bless us in the abundance of your love and mercy. May your living and Holy Spirit inspire and carry us in your love of all life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In this season of 
growing and learning, we turn to God's word from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 66, beginning at verse 10. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice greatly with her for you who mourn over her. You will nurse and be satisfied at her comforting breasts. You will drink deeply and delight in her overflowing abundance. For this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart will rejoice and you will flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants but his fury will be shown to his foes. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson is from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps and harvests what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap and harvest destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, will reap and harvest eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. <clears throat> this is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Our gospel is according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning at verse 1. 
Glory to you, O Lord. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet is a warning to you. Yet be sure of this. The kingdom of God has come near to you. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, you will be lifted to the heavens? No, you may go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, 4th of July weekend, I think we could say we're in the growing season. Tomatoes and sweet corn are growing in the nourishing light of midsummer. And in the light of God's Spirit, this can be our time to grow a bigger faith. This can be our time to glory in our God's great love of life, his consistent and persistent love of life for body, soul, and spirit. Jesus really wanted his followers to grow, so he sent them outside on an adventure. He sent them into the challenges and the rewards of this unpredictable world. He told them, oh, you're ready. You're ready not because you've got a bag with some coins in it, and you're ready not because you have a sturdy pair of sandals on your feet. No, you're ready because my spirit will rest on you. Jesus had given them the spirit of his peace. He wanted them to see that in his spirit of peace, all the world could be at rest. Here was Jesus, the son of the living God, telling them, now you can truly say, that the kingdom of God is near you. God, our Father, had been longing and he had been waiting to say this. In the ancient days, Isaiah the prophet had heard God say, Where is my resting place? Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, but where is my resting place to be? The kings of Israel had built God a great temple in the city of Jerusalem. It was beautiful, magnificent, but this is not where God wanted to really rest. Almighty God wanted to be much nearer than that. God wants to rest in our hearts and in our homes. He wanted to draw near. And God spoke to us through the prophet Isaiah that he wants to put us at rest in his peace like a mother can put her children at peace gathered around her in her home. So, to move this on a bit, Jesus sends his followers out in pairs, 72 of them. He tells them, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. 
And if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. Jesus really hopes his followers will find the family of man. This is what God had first intended, what he wanted, what he had made. That we are one, one family, and that he is our father together. He hopes they can have refuge then, wherever they go. He hopes they could feel as if they had returned perhaps to their own home. And this is his hope for each of us. In the words of Isaiah, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. This has always been what God wanted from the very beginning. When God first made the earth, there was not yet a single shrub or plant because God had not given the earth any nourishing water. But then God made streams come up from the earth and he watered the whole surface of the ground. From the center of the Garden of Eden, God then sent out a river that separated and went out in four different directions. God was beginning his joyous work of growing the earth as the rivers flowed out in all directions. And then, well, then God could put Adam, the first man, into the garden. And God's hope was for this to be a harmonious place of peace, where there could be rest. And that this harmonious peace could then flow outwardly like the rivers in all directions, God was sending water, life-giving water, out into his world. But, well, this would not go easily. It would not be simple. Because God had created a man and a woman, and they were complicated creatures. God had decided to make them in his own image. Each of us is created in the image of our Father. And he wanted them to be thinking, feeling creatures. The crowning touch of God's consistent and persistent love was for them to be free to choose whatever they would decide to have. Would they choose to be at peace in God's consistent love? Well, suffice it to say, their choices were not all good. And now, well, now God would have to prove his consistent and persistent love for a broken world.
and for people who were now distracted and distant. But his promise remained consistent and persistent. God spoke it again through the prophet Isaiah. I will extend peace to her like a river. Peace like the first flowing rivers from Eden. It's the same promise given in Psalm 46. Though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. To grow a tomato or some sweet corn, you need just the right amount of water, the right amount of light and warmth. It's a kind of miracle. When Jesus announces to his followers that the harvest is now plentiful, he's announcing that he has assembled all the essential pieces and they are coming together. The most essential piece is that the Son of the living God now stands upon the earth. This is his promise. Okay, now that I'm fully present here with you, the harvest can now begin. So Jesus sent out 72 of his followers with these words, and they would not forget those words. Those words echoed in their minds for a long time. We can still feel the impact of Jesus' declaration that the harvest is ready. Maybe 20 years later, the Apostle Paul is still using the imagery of the harvest he says, the one who sows to please his sinful nature will reap and harvest destruction. But the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap and harvest eternal life. Paul's words encourage us to carefully consider our actions and appreciate the importance God bestows on what we harvest, that he is paying attention. Jesus talks about the kingdom. The kingdom of God, he says, it's almost like the very sun in the sky. Look up and see the light of a new day, he's saying, you are seeing God's expanse of life-giving blessings begin to unfold. Like the sun traveling across the sky, Jesus himself had walked across the landscape through this place and time, through these towns and villages, Jesus had brought the power and spirit of Almighty God into these small, obscure places. 
The harvest is ready. He had planted the seeds himself with his miracles. Jesus had healed the sick. He had given sight to the blind. He had raised the dead. He walked across the water of the lake. He fed a crowd of 5,000 people with a few fish and loaves. Each one of Jesus' miracles is a kind of open window into infinite possibilities. All the different things Jesus did for people were God's way of saying, yes, my love reaches everywhere and everything. It is persistent and consistent like the rays of light from the sun itself. Jesus had worked hard for this in humble service. Jesus cared for lives that others just wouldn't even see or notice. The harvest he wanted to inspire was a reverence for his Father in heaven. Each of his miracles opened a way to see God the Father's infinite, persistent, and consistent love. And Jesus tells us that the goodness, mercy, and love that we receive from God deserves to be considered with humility and with gratitude. We truly are visited by God in so many ways. It's impossible, isn't it, to count the number of his blessings? God is good in so many and various ways. And uh, Jesus is so confident of this. He tells us that even the worst of sinners and the most callous and skeptical person would fall down in humble repentance if they had truly ever understood even just one single blessing that had been bestowed on them by God. Jesus tells us that his brief walk through this world, through this landscape. This is all that it's needed for him to set the stage for some future kind of ultimate accountability. Yes, he's saying, in the end, God will decide what matters most. The followers of Jesus, they return to him, and they're excited. They tell him stories of what they've been able to do, and um, they're pretty jazzed about the whole thing. They say, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. 
truly they had seen the power of Jesus among us. But in reply, Jesus, he says some extraordinary and important things back to them. I think one of the most intriguing things I've heard Jesus say, he says to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Wow. In this amazing one sentence, Jesus tells us that for all eternity, he has watched the unfolding of darkness and light, good and bad. And when Lucifer, an angel of light, grew in such arrogance that he imagined his powers greater than God the Father, well, Lucifer was banished from heaven then, thrown to the earth in flaming disgrace, banished from God's blessing. It was one of the very first of God's actions, unveiling his absolute righteousness, his consistent and persistent righteousness that is a part of his love for us. So, after Jesus tells his followers of this, then he tells them, well, God may give each of us many things. God may give you authority and power and influence. Or God might simply give you his attention and keep you from harm. But, Jesus says, of all that you may receive, here's what matters most. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Wow, how beautiful. Showing us his persistent and consistent love. Jesus gave everything of himself in holy sacrifice to make sure that this is so for each of us, that our names are written forever in heaven. And then, when he rose to new life, Jesus' resurrection victory. Well, truly, that was the beginning of a new day. The sun comes up and he is the light himself. Our eternal growing season had just begun. The light of God's blessing shines upon us now. So let me pray for you that this would be so. We pray. Good Father, we worship you. We praise you. Bless us that we may rest in your peace. May this be our time to grow in the light of your consistent and persistent love. In Jesus' name, may we be so blessed. Amen. I invite you to share with me the words of the Apostles' Creed. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We worship God with our offering. You could make your offering by sending it to our church by mail or going to our website and making an offering through that. Thank you. Bless you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you glory and thanksgiving for all your gifts, especially for your gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Give to us the fullness of life that we can only grow in your abundant love and care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray especially for the life we live together in our families, with our friends and fellow man. Help us to create a nurturing environment so that we all may grow and thrive. Teach us to learn the joyful hymn of all creation that you create through your consistent love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Among all people and nations, O oh God, inspire the ways of justice, righteousness, and integrity. Bless us in the way of peace. May all in authority bow in obedient praise, ascribing to you all power, riches, wisdom, and strength, and honor, blessing, and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, hear our prayers for all who are sick, those who are lonely, who, those who are afraid, those whose faith is weak, those who are most in need. Speak your word of patience and healing that all may receive your help 
and give you all honor, glory, and might. We ask your blessing for those we name before you in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. Trusting in your mercy, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Father, we thank you that Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord God, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath. For great is your steadfast love towards us. You have delivered our souls from the depths. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio service of Bethlehem Lutheran Church, Glen Lake, Minnesota. This podcast features Reverend James Disney with music by Sue Bloom, produced and edited by Amy Munson. If you enjoy listening, we encourage you to visit our website at www.blcmtka.org to learn more about our church and to support this podcast. Blessings upon your week.